Clock Nation Speaks, Clock Nation Speaks, your Baltimore Ravens podcast, where we talk about the best team in NFL history, if you're a Ravens fan. What has Lamar done to not deserve to get paid? I am a huge Joe Flacco fan. Wise Usher once said, situations will arise in our lives. I'm talking about shut down. Like, like you're not throwing on Jimmy Smith. Joe is criminally underrated, criminally uh, like lock him up in cups criminally under Mars put this team at the top five offense for the first time in 20 years got the arm talent <laughs> Jay Cutler had it too I don't, I don't care about this argument against total TDs and all this oh you want to talk about defense oh. until Look, man, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I want to go back to last week. I want to replay Sunday's game and get it right again, man. I do. Like, like, can we do that? Because, like, what a click remote at, man. I ain't got no remote. But look, what a click remote at where you can't just click, go back. We can redo it. Well, I guess if it was, it was, it was that case, everybody would do it, right? But it's just interesting, man. Like, once again, I feel like it's funny because – the title of the live stream, at least, is I'm still not ready for this Ravens offseason, right? For, mo- for a variety of reasons. Okay. <laughs> There's a variety of reasons why I'm not ready for the Ravens offseason. I think first things first, I'm not ready for the Ravens offseason because I don't want it to end, man. I don't want it to end. I really don't. I don't want I, – I, I hate that the season is over. It still feels like somebody's going to pinch me and wake me up and we're going to be back playing in the Super Bowl this week. But but it's just not true, right? It's just not true. And it's crazy, man. Like, it's, it's, cra- it's crazy to think, bro, that the Ravens' season is over. And the other reason why I don't think I'm ready for this Ravens offseason is that we have to face more Lamar Jackson criticism. And I'm going to start right there, man. I'm going to start right there because it's interesting – um, it's interesting as I plan for the show, as I think about things to talk about, obviously they come right to you with social media and all that, but it's just interesting, man. Last, it feels like this all season is going to be more the same as last year, right? Last year, it was like a civil war between Ravens flock. Sign Lamar, let him go, right? Lamar's be, Lamar's not worth the money. Lamar's definitely worth the money, Right. Let Lamar go to another team. He'll be fine. But we want to keep him here, right? Like, it was a civil war last last year about Lamar Jackson and the contract. And then the Total Gym thing came. And then they started talking about, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who apparently was speaking on behalf of him. And then you got, you know, everybody had an opinion last year. Uh, and it was two schools of thought. It was pro-Lamar, anti-Lamar pretty much, and there was really nobody in the middle. There wasn't a lot of people that was like, well, I mean – I'll be happy either way, right? I was definitely like, sign this man. You ever had y- y- y'all realize y'all ain't had an MVP offensive player in the history of your organization, right? Let's let's be honest about these things, okay? We because we don't like to be sometimes, but other people were like, if he want to go, let him go. He asked for a trade, let him go. Which, like we like we talked about before, could have just been a negotiation tactic, but we don't need to get into that. The root of the civil war right now is: Does Lamar? get enough criticism. I'll, I'll restate that one again just for you all out there, my audio people on all major plat- podcasting platforms listening in, and also my video people as well. 
does Lamar get enough blame? Look, man, it's it's interesting, man. You know, it's it's interesting that I asked this question because I've just been seeing it this week and people have been going in on Lamar and we, we know how the national media is. And I'm not even talking about necessarily the national media. I'm sure I'll make a point about the national media here in a little bit. I'm specifically talking about Ravens fans who are so quick to criticize Lamar. Now, several Lamarites, Lamar, well, there's another name that I, I ain't even going to say because it might it might kick me off YouTube, so I'm not going to say that one. But there's a lot of, let's just say, Lamar supporters that still criticize Lamar Jackson. And it's weird. And I guess this is my thing. I think I, I think this is my thing with it. I think first off, I think there's there's a layers to this. It's, this is an onion of why people don't really want to criticize Lamar. First off, don't he get enough from the national media? And we talking about not even about his play. We talking about not even about things that's necessarily his fault. Don't he get enough? Right? Like, doesn't he get enough? I mean. These guys talking about he can't throw outside the numbers with no outside receiver to throw outside the numbers, too. So doesn't he get enough from national media? But my other question is, my other question for y'all, in terms of to, to, to explain, and it's not a question, it's a statement, to explain why people don't really want to criticize Lamar, do you see what this man has to do? To keep the Ravens afloat? Like, let's think back, right? Let's let's just think back. All the way back to his rookie year when the defense couldn't get a big stop when they needed to, right? I feel like, I feel like Lamar Jackson isn't even truly allowed to have bad games. Everybody else, cool. Let him have them. Let him have a bad game. He had a bad game. Sweeping up. And it's, and it's weird because I only see it from Ravens fans, but I don't. Of course, I interact and see and read and talk to Ravens fans more than I talk to Bills fans, more than I talk to Cardinals fans, more than I talk to Chiefs fans, more than I talk to, you know, I'm sure all fan bases have this, but I don't, but it's obviously prevalent within Ravens flock because that's who I'm talking to week to week on this darn show. But it's just, it's interesting to me. Because it's like, do y'all not see what this dude has to do to even keep this team afloat in a lot of games? Have y'all not seen the receivers this dude has had to work with? Have you not seen this dude win two MVPs and the Ravens don't even have an offensive MVP in their history, much less a two-time MVP outside of Lamar Jackson? Did you not see Lamar Jackson have to play through his fifth year to to show the Ravens why he deserved to be paid when literally the Ravens can't win without him? That's why a lot of guys are truly apologetic for Lamar Jackson. And I think it's been 
kind of consistent through Ravens history with with the quarterbacks, especially when you go back to Joe, when you go back to Lamar, of course, too. And Lamar's done more than Joe uh, when it comes to, you know, with, with MVPs and leading the league in touchdown passes, all of that. He's he's done that. The only thing he's missing truly is the Super Bowl, right? But it's just interesting, man, because I, I just – and I, I just – I literally, before I went live, happened to come across this. And – I'm going to read it out. Shout out to Garnett. Garnett West. I, I know he he hosts some spaces. I'm going to pull it up on the screen, too, for you guys. But he, I know he hosts some spaces and stuff, too, from time to time, just to talk about what's going on. And I just, I, I just find this interesting, right? So Garnett said, in the divisional round, we praised Lamar for making adjustments and speaking up to the coaches and the players about playing better and changing up the game plan. Now, Lamar... Essuals, that's how I'm going to say it, because I don't want YouTube to try to take me down on this one, wants to put the blame on everybody else but Lamar. Now, he's responding to uh, T'Challa. Shout out to him, too. Um, he was responding to him just basically saying, uh, you know, that Harbaugh basically just blamed Lamar, saying that the game plan was a lot of RPOs and checks at the line of scrimmage, and the Chiefs stacked the box, meaning Lamar decided what to do at the line of scrimmage. All right. So, Shout out to, to, to both of those guys for helping out and not even knowing it. But, look, this is interesting to me, this, this, this conversation, because, you know, you're going back and forth to a certain degree on, 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 this, on this topic. My real question is, why is it? Here's my thing. Lamar Jackson accounts for, like, 90% of the Ravens' offense. He leads the team in passing. He leads the team in rushing. And if it wasn't for Gus Edwards taking every Lamar – touchdown in the red zone uh he would have far more touchdowns than he does but i just find it interesting right this is just me this is just me i find it interesting that we want to put all the criticism on lamar jackson but none of the criticism on the coaches specifically one in particular in john harbaugh we don't we i don't know if it's because he's a hall of famer because he is right I don't know if it's because our future Hall of Famer, I should say. I don't know if it's because he's won a Super Bowl, because he has. I don't know if it's because he's been around for 15, 16 years. I don't know if it's because everybody else says he's a top 10, top five coach. But we never want to put the blame on the coaches for abandon, literally abandoning their game plan. Because let's be honest, I know, Lamar Jackson has since. Right. Like he knows what he's seeing in front of him. Right. And Munkin watches the plays from the sideline. I mean, from from the press box. So he can see like, okay, I just saw Lamar check into that. You don't need to check into that. He can put the headset on whatever and talk to Lamar and say, hey, Lamar, you don't. I think I think we can run the ball. Right. You know, like, let's go a couple of plays. You know, I'm going to give you a buzzword. And you gonna we gonna run this ball just to see if we can get something going. Cause what if Lamar is seeing something different? What if Lamar is getting frazzled, right? What if? And this is something that people don't think about. But y'all realize the Ravens don't really know how to play from behind, right? Cause they're never behind. So when they do, they start pressing. You know, they 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 want to get back into the game and they want to get it fast. That's why they're going for all these big plays. So as a coach, John Harbaugh and Todd Munkin too. But John Harbaugh, because you're right there in his face, right? Why don't you? I don't. I don't see a lot of 
John Harbaugh going to players after they make a mistake or after he sees something and says, hey, I let's let's try to get the run game going. Right. Let's try to get the run game going. I'm going to reward you by, by getting the run game going with we'll do like a play action or something like that. Something people aren't really expecting. But. I will say. That's my issue. Right. My issue is, yes, Lamar deserves blame. He threw an interception. Right. He threw an interception. But interestingly enough, we want to blame Lamar for not playing, I guess, up to his standard. But we don't want to put any blame on Zay because we want to say he's a rookie. But then. We don't want to. We don't want to just gloss over the fact that Lamar Jackson lost in the in the playoffs as a rookie and didn't really play his best game either. But you know, that's what's, that's beside the point. So, what I'm saying is, in this situation, like instead of and that's the thing, like people want to say Lamar Eschules, right? <laughs> that's funny. People want to say Lamarites, whatever. I get it. For the people who don't. Give him, I, I mean, I've never seen now. I've never seen it. That don't mean it's not true. I've never seen it. I've never seen anybody just blindly say Lamar played perfectly, blindly say Lamar is not at fault without true context, right? I've seen some trolls say it, but I, I mean, I've seen plenty of times where people have said, I mean, Lamar Jackson has to do a lot, but yeah, he got to play better. That's what I tend to see. So, I mean, I don't know. And maybe I should be privy to these conversations a little bit more and try to look a little bit more for those guys who just say Lamar's at fault. But even T'Challa, literally last year, he was talking about how Lamar could go, right? So he's definitely not a Lamarite, as they say, right? Like he, I'm sure he, I'm sure he is a fan of Lamar. And I'm going to be honest with y'all, you should be a fan of Lamar because I hate to tell y'all, I hate to tell y'all this, but Lamar Jackson, the two-time MVP, is the only two-time MVP besides Patrick Mahomes out of active quarterbacks outside of a future Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. So all those other guys y'all want to compare Lamar Jackson to and compare his playoff record and compare his Super Bowl appearances with, Josh Allen ain't got none, right? Joe Burrow don't have MVPs. He's went to one Super Bowl, but he don't have MVPs. So, and I know the individual aspect doesn't matter. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that the individual aspect is even a part of this whole conversation. All I'm saying is we want to compare Lamar Jackson to everybody, but Lamar Jackson, once again, is a product of his own early on success. We're not going to discredit CJ Stroud for playing bad in the game, in, in, the, in his second ever playoff game against the Ravens, but we'll criticize Lamar Jackson for playing bad when not only did the coaches go away from the run game against Tennessee, but also he didn't have even as good of receivers as CJ Stroud had during this time. But anyway, when, when, anyway I, ju I just find that interesting. Like, you know, we're kind of at this like civil war type situation with, with the Ravens fans again. And it's, it's just crazy to think, man. And, you know, back to the question, back to the original question, does Lamar get enough blame, right? Does Lamar get does Lamar does Lamar get enough blame? I mean, yeah, right. And I say it kind of uncertainly because I get what people are saying. Like I understand what people are saying in terms of like there 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 probably are blind people who are who just don't not blind people, but there probably are people who are just like you know, well Lamar Jackson 
does have, you know, does contribute to 90% of this offense. He leads this team in passing and in rushing, and that shouldn't be a thing, right? Because it ain't helped any other quarterbacks uh, be successful in this league. So why would it help Lamar Jackson? So that's my thing. Like, that that's my biggest thing in that regard is I get it. <laughs> I understand what you're coming from, but – like, let's not forget what this dude has to do. Let's not forget the offensive line he has to play with. Let's not forget that the receivers dropped the ball too, right? Let's not forget that Lamar Jackson didn't fumble going across the goal line, right? So, like, it's not all on him. Yeah, is some of it on him? Okay, yeah, I'm cool with that, right? I'm cool with it. I'm sure plenty of people are like, yeah, some of it's on him. He could have played a better game. He could have played a more perfect game. But then again, you shouldn't always have to play. That goes back to it. I'm going to end it off right there. You shouldn't always have to play perfect for your team to win games. I'm going to end it right there. Because sometimes that's how it feels. It feels like Lamar Jackson has to be perfect. Has to be Superman. It's interesting. I saw another. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if I can find it, but I saw. I th- there was a tweet about this, about Lamar Jackson having to be Superman, and uh, here it is. I got. I got it up. I'll. I'll, I'll pull this up. Um, honestly, from the same. Actually, I think it's from the same person. I think it's from the same person who. What is it? Uh, where this. Can, where this not started, but continued, I will say. But I find this interesting, right? I find this interesting. I'm going to pull this one up too, just so y'all can see it. Because once again, Lamar Jackson should not have to play perfect for the Ravens to win anyway, is my point. Every time. Now, there should be some perfect games. There should be some perfect passer ratings if we want to go there. There should be some games with no turnovers. But these are human quarterbacks we talking about, not robots, not AI. I know we love AI right now, but not AI, right? So there are going to be some mistakes. That's just how it's going to be. Same thing with Zay fumbling in the end zone. Same thing with the, you know, the overthrow, you know, likely not out-muscling everybody and getting the uh, the throw in the triple coverage. Like, you know, mistakes are going to be made, not that, not that likely is that fault of that one. But I want to pull this one up too, just so y'all can see it. Um, just so y'all can see it, because – this is the Ravens' identity sometimes. And it literally says, like, <laughs> I didn't even, I, I read it, but I didn't even realize that, you know, it was kind of coinciding exactly with what I, with what I was going to say. But it says the Ravens' identity on offense is, quote, Lamar, save us, unquote. He can most times, which is why he will be a two-time MVP within his first six seasons. He can in the playoffs, which is why the Ravens are two and four in the tournament and have scored above 20 points in only two of their contests. Right. So, yes, I mean, he's right. Th- this person, uh, shout out to in- in- Entropic, right? This person is right. He can't, and, and I don't want to say he can't save us in the playoffs. I want to say he can't always save us in the playoffs because Patrick Mahomes, even in the game we just saw, did not have to be perfect for them to win that game. He had to be efficient. He had to be good, but he did not have to be perfect. And his defense made up for it, right? Even even though 
Mahomes and company could not score in the second half, his defense made up for it. So I I, I mean I think I, I I mean does he get enough blame? I think so, right? I mean for a guy who gets unfair criticism literally every moment of every <laughs> every moment of every time, like I think he gets I I think he gets blame enough, right? Now you can you argue does he get enough credit? Or, like, does he get too much credit? I don't think – no. He doesn't get too much credit either because it's the same guy who every time he does do something, the goalpost moves on how to be a quarterback, on how to be an MVP, on how to be that guy. So we we all, we all all we always have to remember that. But I just find that very, very interesting. All right, part two of this one right here as we continue – since I went a little longer on that one, this will actually be the last part of this show. Look, Mike McDonald, our boy, right? Mike McDonald is gone, all right? And not the usual way that our coordinators tend to go, <laughs> but the uh, the way you would want to go if you are uh, a coach in this league. And he got the head coaching job at the good old Seattle Seahawks. Who takes over in his place? Zach Orr, the former Ravens linebacker, injury shortened his career, but even still, I mean, a very good linebacker in his time. Um, had a lot of opportunities. I'm on the wrong thing. That's all good. I, I tend to do that more often than I should, but <laughs> but anyway. Uh Mike McDonald in Seattle. Right, he is a Seattle's head coach. He's taking a, taking a, I think a pretty good, a pretty good team. Uh, you know, it's a good situation for him. I wish she would have stayed to try to go, you know, make one more run at it. But I mean, I get it when you know when that opportunity comes. You know, you never know when that opportunity is going to come, and when it does, you know, you got to take it. You know, you 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 have to take it. You have to take your chances. Uh, and I, I don't I don't really blame him. Now, Zach Orr, Zach Orr is the uh, new defensive coordinator. I think. Uh, as the uh, as the question says below, I think he will keep that same energy. I think he will be everything that this defense needs to to kind of keep going. But Mike McDonald's a tough. I mean, that's a tough ask to to replace Mike McDonald. That's a tough ask because I mean, we talking about a guy who literally, literally last year, probably after like the Dolphins game, pretty much adjusted and never looked back. Now, albeit you know the Roquan Smith trade was big for him. Um, you know, that was, that was big for him, but you know, like, I mean, and that kind of like turned it up eight, 18 notches, right? Like, I mean, that turned it up, that double tripled the output of what this defense is. Um, but Zach will, will, will be good. But I do want to say this. Yes. Mike McDonald is gone and I get it. A lot of people, I, I, I understand cause he's, cause he's a great coordinator. He's a great defensive play caller. He's great at scheming. Like honestly, he he kind of gave the Ravens a little bit more of an old school feel uh, that we haven't had in a while, especially under Wink. Um, you know where you know there was coverages disguised and blitz disguised and late blitzes and all that. You know, and not and being able to get home without four guys and without kind of an elite pass rusher either. I mean, you know, Clowney maybe, but Clowney's up there. You know, it's not Clowney. You know, his rookie year, second, third year, or whatever. You know, this is you know this is Clowney as he gets older. So and still still be able to play at that level but honestly i'm gonna be honest with y'all and some of y'all might be mad about this uh about me saying this but yes 
Mike McDonald is gone, and it's sad, right? It's sad. It's going to be a little, a little bit of an adjustment. But I hate to tell y'all this, don't really matter, right? Like, and and I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm not saying that in a way of to discredit what Mike McDonald did because we obviously know what he did. My point is, it doesn't matter because a variety of reasons. But first off, it don't matter because this team needs to build on their offense anyway, right? Like we built a excellent defense for, and, and let me let me let me rephrase that. We've built a pretty good to excellent defense for the past. I mean, if we just want to just talk about right now, we built an excellent to pretty good defense the last six years, right? Like even Wink's defenses were good. Even Wink's defenses ranked high. They couldn't get a stop when you needed them to get one, but they still ranked high. They still were good. Um, they still were good defenses. And this is the thing. The Ravens, the Ravens aren't going to have a bad defense. It's not, it's like in their DNA, it's not going to happen. It don't even really matter who's out there. It don't even really matter to players. Of course, keep the, keep the key guys you got. But I mean, I'm just saying like they can mix and match a little bit and do their thing. So I don't, I don't think Mike McDonald being gone necessarily matters too much, but I also don't think it matters because regardless of who the defensive coordinator has been, kind of regardless of who the offensive coordinator has been, the offense has still been good under Lamar Jackson. Right. The offense has still been a top five offense. The offense has still been scoring um, at a better clip than the Ravens have ever scored in the history of the organization. So this is a perfect time to build on the offense. Grab you one more guy. Right. You know, depending on what you're going to do with Odell, I think also I think if you're going to resign Odell, I still would like to have another guy. Right. But, you know, I think I think, you know, because I don't think Odell and Aguilar stay. I think one of them go. Um, and I think it wouldn't hurt to, have, and, and like I said, keep, keep going, keep going with Bateman too. Bateman's open. Uh, Bateman deserves chances. And I think, honestly, I think Bateman didn't get chances because I think there may have been some distrust between him, him and Lamar, but I think some of the stuff with Bateman is I feel like Bateman was almost a decoy because he could get open. I know that sounds weird and probably doesn't even make sense if you think about it too much, but sometimes, you know, some stuff you got to not think about too much because it makes too much darn sense, like running, like, like, uh, you know, sticking to your identity. But I will say, like, I think, I, you know, it's time to build on this offense, you know, continue to build on this offense. It's time to get you a stud, a stud running back. It's time to get you probably another stud receiver, Um, you know, pair that with Bateman, pair that with uh, Zay, you know, and of course, Mark Andrews and likely. And, you know, it's time for this offense to 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 take over a little bit more because, I mean, the defense is going to be good regardless. It's in the Ravens' DNA. They always have a good defense. And the offense is going to be good as long as Lamar Jackson is playing quarterback because, regardless, the Ravens are always that, – that, that's, that's why, like, you know, there's a lot of fear about John Harbaugh. It's a whole other another topic for a whole other day. But, you know, there's a lot of fear about John Harbaugh in the future of the Ravens. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't care about the fear because as long as Lamar Jackson is playing quarterback, the Ravens are gonna be contending. Uh, you know, they might have to make some superhuman plays uh, to overcome some bad coaching, but you know, it's definitely gonna be one of those things where they're gonna be contending regardless. So Mike McDonald is gone. We hate to see it. I'm, I'm happy for him though. I'm happy that that you know he found him a head coaching job. I'm happy that he came in, did what he needed to do. You know. 
showed his defensive prowess and then was able to move up, and especially as quickly as he did. And we're seeing – I think we're seeing that more and more nowadays. You know, you see with, with even with Dave, Dave Canellis over in Carolina, you know, a guy who was a one-year coordinator showed that he could work with young or middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks and, you know, he can make them into valuable starters. And, you know, just because he only had one year of experience doesn't mean he's not worth being, you know, worth getting a chance at being a head coach. Because, I mean, even with Sean McVay, Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur and all those guys, like they weren't necessarily coordinators for a long, long time. Mike McDonald and those guys, they weren't coordinators for a long time before they became head coaches. So, you know, I think that's kind of just the era that we're in. You know, you don't you ain't sticking around for a long time. You know, you sticking around for for a good time, maybe get you a Super Bowl or something with with that team, and then head on and get your head coaching gig, you know. But uh, I hate that he couldn't win one with, with with the Ravens. I hate that it couldn't be this year, but you know, don't need to relive that anymore. I do want to say real quick, and this is un- unrelated uh, to the topic, but I do want to say shout out to Ravens C. I don't know if he'll he'll tune into this, but I, and I should have said it earlier, but I don't know if he'll tune into this. But shout out to Raven C because it's just interesting. And maybe it is kind of relevant to the Mike McDonald topic, but it is interesting that to watch the game back. I, I like how Raven C does his highlights. I do. I like how he does his like uh his highlight reactions. Uh so you can kind of just relive the game as he was, you know, uh watching the game. And I like how he does it because you know it kind of takes you back to how you felt in that moment. And it's crazy to think how close the Ravens really were. Like even it's crazy, bro. Like, let's be honest. Even without running, the, even with running the ball only eight times in the game, right? Even without running the ball only eight times in the game, not playing your game, turning the ball over twice, you still were only seven points away. And when you really think about it, imagine how different this that game would have looked. If at the beginning of the fourth quarter, you know, early in the fourth quarter, you're only down by three, you know, w- w- without the fumble, you know, and it was a great play by by Snead, but you know, just imagine if 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 Zay can find any way to hang on to the ball or get down at the one, and then you know you hand it off and you score, how much different that game could be, man? Like how much different that game would have been? It's crazy. It's crazy. Like even just watching it back, man. Even just watching it back. I'm sitting there and I'm like, even not even playing well, right? Once again, not even really having an identity, but the Lamar save us identity. Still, you sitting there and you like, we're so like, we're so close. We were so close. And if you score right there, I mean it changes everything because obviously the defense could have stopped them, right? And honestly, the defense was, you know, if badass can don't get behind them, they almost gave you another chance you know it's just crazy man you know it's just crazy and you know of course they Ravens kind of fought back a little bit too late they finally found a little bit of a rhythm but they found it way too late but crazy man it's just crazy when you look back on it and it's just crazy to think like how how close the Ravens really were to uh going back to the Super Bowl um with a team that's been just as impressive as they can be and I think that's what's frustrating about all of it man is how good this team is, how good this team has played, how good, the, you know, and honestly, you know, 
we talk about like the jitters and being uh, coming out flat and stuff like that. And RG3 had made a good point too. And I'm about to wrap up, I promise. But RG, RG3 made a good point. He was talking about how, you know, as a coach, he probably wouldn't rest everybody the whole game for that week 18. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, even with the Chiefs, I don't think they do that. Right. Like even with they when they've, you know, the last couple of times they've had the number one, you know, the last couple couple of playoff appearances, they've had the number one seed. And I don't think they've ever rested. And I don't know if that's because they were still playing for the number one seed back then. Like the Ravens gotta stop putting away seasons so so darn quickly, man. They put away seasons so darn quickly, and then you like, should they sit or should they not, man? What you do? Uh, but anywho, man, like it's just crazy, you know, it's just crazy to think, man, how close, how close the Ravens were, but you know, I think I think the good part about it is you, you get a chance to, you know, you finally get to the AFC Championship game. One play here, one play there changes the trajectory of that game. It likely goes up and mosses everybody on that play. If the pass interference is called, you know, it's a completely different ball game. If, you know, let's say Valdez Scantley don't catch that ball, you know what I mean, don't catch that ball to end the game, you know, he drops it like he's done time and time again. You know, you got – I think if the Ravens would have got the ball back, they probably would have won the game by hook or by crook. But, you know, it's just crazy, man. It's crazy how close they were. It's crazy uh, how it just feels like, you know, like, like ah, you know. But the good part about it is, you know, you got eight, right? You got Lamar Jackson coming back. You got some other guys coming back, you know, and the guys that you don't, I think, you know, I'm not saying they're replaceable by no means, but I think defensively, uh, you know, the Ravens going to make that work. You know, the most important part is going to be offensively because that's where the Ravens have tended to struggle, especially in the playoffs. So we'll definitely see, man. I hope you guys enjoyed. If you haven't already uh, and you watched the live, if you did watch the live stream, um, be sure to let me know below. Give me give me a hey, give me a what's up, give me a what's up, whatever you got to do. You know, give me something, you know, wave, wave at me, send me a hand emoji, whatever you got to do. Uh, I don't know if there's a Raven emoji out there, but send that to, you know, if, if you find it, I'm going to copy and paste it and put it in my, my emoji rotation, but I definitely hope you guys enjoyed the show. Remember that Flight Nation Speaks is on all major podcasting platforms, so be sure to check the podcast out over at them places, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all your favorites, man. Google Podcasts, which I think is not even really a thing anymore. I think that's just on YouTube, but anywho, you know, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Finish Speaks is on all of them. But we're going to definitely slide on out of here. Definitely hope you guys enjoyed the show. we see you guys on the next one. Until next time.